1: Hey there everybody, Sarah Box, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding our limiting labels and beliefs. I'm going to share a quote with you. Listen to this, there's hope. When you surrender to the struggle, the struggle at hand, you can learn many lessons. And in fact, that is something today's podcast guest knows all too well. Now, for some time, Ago, let's see, it's been three years ago. And for longtime listeners, you may remember my first interview with Therese Skelly. Now, Therese was on in 2019, which is a shocker to me because <laughs> it feels like it hasn't been that long. And if you don't remember the interview, go back, it's episode 95. I think when this one comes out, Therese will probably be at about 265. So oh that, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's been a little minute. Um, <laughs> But for those of you who don't know Therese or want to be refreshed about Therese, let me just give you some of her background and her bio. She is an MA, Masters of Arts. She's the author of the best selling book, Love Based Mission How to Create a Business That Serves Your Soul. She had me at that title. Mm-hmm. Um, she also hosts the highly inspirational, fiercely brilliant podcast and is an in-demand guest on podcasts, live events, and summits. You'll understand why when Therese comes on because she's just vivacious and has so much great information to share. As a business intuitive though, Therese guides high-achieving mission-driven women who are ready to live and work in alignment and are no longer willing to hustle and burn themselves out. And isn't that a timely topic? Mm-hmm. Um, so through all this, Therese blends her 25 years of psychotherapist background with business coaching, marketing, sales training, plus her signature kick ass mama bear wisdom and love, which I love that. Um, And she's a native of sunny Arizona. And she says she has the sun damage to prove it. Oh, (laughs) on the arms. I'm looking, I'm thinking, I don't see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I got my own. We should hang out. Uh-huh. Nevada, Nevada has some sun, not as there much.
2: There we go. There we go, right?
1: Anyway, she's a proud mom to two amazing young men, a crazy cattle dog. I just got surrounded by crazy cattle dogs mm-hmm. on my walk today. It was something. And she's currently reading, or has just finished reading, Life on a Knife's Edge, A Brain Surgeon's Refre- Reflections of Life, Loss, and Survival. So that's pretty varied. Uh, <laughs> in you know realm of all the stuff you're taking in therese um yeah. and putting out so one more fun fact though for our listeners if you so here you can maybe you're putting therese in this oh yeah she's got it all together she's a psychotherapist mm-hmm. does all this stuff well you know she used to be a prison guard <laughs> preached at her church and she loves riding on the back of her boyfriend's bicycle
2: Motorcycle. motorcycle. I knew I Motorcycle, I'd get baby. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I had there a we go.
1: vision of it. There we thinking, go. It's
2: pretty hot. Yeah.
1: By <laughs> motorcycle goes a little faster. Yeah, so, anyway, yeah. Therese, let's start with one thing. You said to me that 2021 kicked your ass and yeah. that you experienced tons of lessons around surrendering, unpacking your identity, and how to keep going through it all. Can you share? One or two of those?
2: Oh, Sarah. Well, let me set the context so y'all understand what kicking ass means. And first of all, thanks for inviting me back. I remember we had such a wonderful connection and show. So I'm honored to be here for, as an alumni for round two. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So we start December 30th, 2020. My beloved dog got killed. She got out got hit by a car. She was only three. Shattered me. Shattered me. Five days later, my son comes home with COVID. So two days after that, I have COVID. And I got a very bad case such that like I had to be on um, steroids, like, in, you know, nebulized steroids it took me eight months to be able to even like start exercise. I was really like, it, it was very, really rough. And strangely, what happened is my son had, and we think it's COVID related. It could have been smoking too much pot, but we think it's COVID related. He had COVID and then about a month and a half later, sir, so he went into a full blown mental illness episode, started out with some bipolar stuff. And that was kind of cute. He wasn't sleeping. He was funny. Then it turned into delusional psychosis, um, scary paranoia. And so it literally was six months. And I'm the only parent, right? So I, there was, there's, he fell in the, in the crack between, he's not yet a danger to himself, brothers, but he's not safe here. And like, there was no place to put him. So there would be moments I literally would lock myself in my room with my dog because he was so crazy out of control. And then, you know, God intervened, and he had some seizures, some like he just, and that ended up facilitating a hospitalization for him. And it was like, you need some help, because he was refusing all the help. He's an adult, right? So he then was committed for a week. And then he went to a, a one month outpatient treatment program for, you know, emotional issues and substance abuse. And I have to tell you, I I couldn't work a lot. You know, when you're literally... Were you still it, suffering still, from COVID at that oh, time, the it, long-term effects? Yeah, my doctor is like, no wonder you can't heal. Like, like and yeah. you know, if you look at lungs, it was in my lungs. Yeah, lungs yeah. are related to grief, right? And I had so much, A, the grief of my dog. And then B, like my beloved son, I'm like, oh my God, he might be schizophrenic. Turns out he wasn't, but... There were people that was like, oh, yeah, a lot of psychiatrists have said, oh, yeah, there was with COVID. There were people that had psychiatric, like never had psychiatric issues, but then boom, suddenly are mentally ill. And so we don't know what caused the severity of it, but went on for six months. So well, finally,
1: scary for both of you,
2: I was horrifying. It was horrifying. I mean, it was and he's so precious and he was so crazy. I I, I was a therapist. I know how to do. But I, this I was like. I mean, literally he was convinced he had leukemia. He was convinced he had, he had broken his legs and I'm like, nothing's wrong with you. He was, you know, then he got kind of paranoid. Then that's when I got scared. Then I became, I was working for the FBI. And I mean, then he got into a really scary place and then it escalated. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to get him committed. It was, it was the worst thing I've ever had to deal with. And I dealt with a lot. So it was that for six months. So I still have COVID, kid's a little sick. And then I finally, he gets stabilized. He moves out, Sarah, he moves out. A week later, the dog I have now um, lunged at somebody such that my finger broke, just split from the bone. And I had to have surgery. I have a screw in my finger. And I had seven months of physical therapy. So about around about now, September, when it happened, I'm like,
1: you're not laughing at this point saying, okay, God, what
2: what, what are you doing? I, I was like, there might have been some swearing. It was like, no, I'm like, oh, how much can I fucking take? Are you kidding me? Like I finally- Well, don't ask it. that question. Oh, no you're more. right, you're right, you're right. Yes, <laughs> yes, there is no more resilience. I've, I've proven that lesson. And so so the lesson was, um, oh, let me tell you a couple of lessons.
1: Okay, in, please. In the
2: middle of when the worst part with Danny was, I really, and I'm getting really real here. I understand the role of stress. I understand that chronic Unrelenting, unmitigating stress is what causes disease. And there was a point when it had gone on with Danny and there was no hope. I couldn't find a place for him. I was just being just emotionally battered all the time. And I literally reached out to my coach, who's a minister, and I was crying and said, This is going to kill me. And he said, The God in you is bigger than the stuff in your life. Wow. And, and, Actually, he said, the God in you is bigger than the shit in your life, which I found delightful. <laughs> okay, my ministers, my ministers my were swearing at me, hey. Um, and it took me, it took him like five times to say that. And that one moment, Sarah, I was like, whoa, maybe I can be bigger than this situation. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I can remember that it's not just me, because I felt so alone in this, yeah. so hopeless, so powerless, because nothing was working. And just that one remembrance of like, Oh, and then it didn't happen instantly, but eventually things. Then he had the seizure, right? And then that facilitated he was going here, like everything started changing. So that was a massive lesson that in the middle of the worst, scariest thing, I had the ability to remember. Whoa, there's something bigger than me that can support me here. That was lesson one. And then the hand got broken, and I'm left-handed. It was wretched, right? It was horrible. I had so much pain and surgery and therapy and all that, and. I remember sitting there, like, how the hell do I work? How do I market? Like, because I was seeing a few clients I had, but I had no, you know, you got marketing takes energy and creativity and to be available for to. It does. And I'm sitting here like it's been nine months of this unrelenting shit, and I and I just finally had to say, okay, okay. And I'm literally hearing because I'm very intuitive, right? I'm hearing, yeah, no, you're not. Don't even worry about money. You'll be supported. Um, and you'll come back on online in February. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, did you say February? Like, this is my intuition. I'm like, yes, are you, I, Okay, that's five months. Are you freaking kidding? I was just like, oh hell, I'm thinking I'll watch Ted Lasso for a season. Right. I'm like, okay, give me a few weeks. I was like, no, February. Oh, I was kicking and screaming. I was pissed. And what happened, Sarah, is I realized I'm pretty lo- I had been pretty tied into my identity of a six figure business owner. My identity of a helper, my identity of a creator, a marketer, a speaker. And who are you when you sit watching Ted Lasso and you can't use your fucking hand? Like, I was just like, oh, God. And so it was deep, deep, deep work of like, can I be valuable just sitting here healing? And it was so important because guess what? The answer is yes, right? And so what it came to is I'm just love just love. doesn't matter what I do or who I help or what I create or what money flows in or doesn't flow in. I still have value. And that was a massive lesson. So it was literally surrender to what is in front of me and then trust, just trust. And strangely, I, 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 had, I had a bunch of money come in. I just, here's here. I like, I barely worked. You know, lower income in terms of you know what. But you were but covered. I was covered. Like I, like you know, here's this. I just am like, okay, totally fine. And so it was, it was, it was massive lessons, hard ass year. And my son's doing really well today. I'm very happy to report. Thanks. To that you. was my question. Yeah, he's he's in. Where's How's he's he doing? Sober. He's like he's really doing it. Um, and there was a toll on all of us, right? The whole family was very stressed around that. But that's though. That was that was my year. But you know what, Therese,
1: and it's horrible, and I'm not downplaying Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really don't want to minimize how draining, scary, all of that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And just being like the grind where you're waking up and you're going, okay, what's going to happen today yes. that I yes. can't foresee, yeah. right? I'm doing the best I can. I'm hanging in there, God, but come on now. Um, but had that not happened, where would you be now? Would you be just... Not just, but would you be where you were before?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, Sarah, what what occurred, so in February, and back up. So, okay, February, January, I'm like, okay, it's getting time. I got to restart my business. And that's very humbling, right? When you have, because I, I didn't really market for a year. I had a few clients that I served. So now I'm like, holy shit, I've not been in the public view. I'm not relevant. I you know, which maybe not true, but but you know, when you kind of step back for get a year, trash. No, but you have to, there is some validity to there it. There is. You gotta be top of mind. You gotta people gotta know what you do. And um, so I had stepped back. So in January, a friend of I was talking to her, I said, What do I do? She said, You have to network. And I was like, Oh, shoot me in the head! Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> because I'm not a fan of like going to chamber mixers and B&I with plumbers and and I'm again I, I I'm being a little playful, but I'm very guarded about my time and very and I only want to work with certain kinds of people and I only want to be around with the right energy, right? Not that chambers or i are bad for everybody, but for me, there's a certain element that I want to work with. So my friend Michelle's like you have you have to you just got a network and I was so cranky. And then I was like, okay, see for me, sir, the word is alignment. It me has too. to be aligned, right? And so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight it, but it, I'm going to wait. But it's going to have I... to
1: fit for you.
2: Exactly. And yeah. then it all showed up. It all showed up. I now have this whole new community. And I, truthfully, I was kind of, I was a little shaky, right? So I got this idea to do a summit in February And I invited five speakers, and then we had a speaker panel. And I'm, you know, I was coming like, Hi, I'm sorry, I've been gone for a year. You know, I was, I was not that my confidence, because I'm a badass, I know what I do, but I had been out of it for a while, right? And I did the speaker panel, and I'm like, Oh, girl, you're back. You haven't lost anything, right? And, and, and so it was like, boom. So we just, I'm back. And now I have this whole new community. I'm super networked. I'm really like, Everything has changed. The person I am has changed. The, 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 how much the work I do is, it is stunning. And I think had I not had that detour, I would have been on the same path doing the same thing the same way. And now I've literally just reinvented all the things. I discovered I'm a business intuitive. What? And I you know you want to know what that is. <laughs> I do. So thanks for
1: setting up my next question mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. Because, just because. So what is a business intuitive?
2: Well, let me tell you, Miss Sarah. So what I used to say, I'm um, <laughs> so a psychotherapist, so I know all the psychology and all the things, the mindset. And then I was a business coach and I had those two together. And a number of years ago, I started knowing that I knew stuff. <laughs> I'd kind of be like, wait, what? I, they didn't teach me that in therapy school. <laughs> I have a master's degree. I don't know how to cure curses. What are you talking about? I, 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 you know what I mean? So, so what started happening is, I like my clients would say, yeah, yeah, I already know how to market and sell, but can you tell me why, why my income has dropped? Or can you tell me why I'm blocking myself? And I, and I use a pendulum, right? So I pick up my pendulum and I, and I just get all the information. And it's wild. So the way I use it. So it's, so I use, here's, here's an example. You come to me and say, here's, here's what I want to create. And I will tune in and I'll, and like this actually happened recently, like I'll get an age. I'll say, what happened when you were Seven. So my intuition guides to the original, maybe the injury, the wound, the block, the where it's stuck. And then we go there to tell a story. And it's either sometimes like a man recently, his older brother committed suicide. So I know as a therapist, what that sets up. I know that that creates survivor guilt, that creates hopelessness, helplessness. how dare I, right? So a lot of healers or energetic people don't understand the psychology Right. And so I use intuition to take me and the, and then the, sometimes it's working with the psychology piece. And then other times it's just, whoosh, oh, that came from a past life. Whoosh, get rid of that. And then we do the business piece. Now we've got to implement the business thing. So it's really the blend of the three, but it's using my intuition to move your business forward. It's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> it is. Well, I just like how it sounds, but also how much it makes sense. So.
2: It's to me, wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, like I little, literally just week, I'm like, oh hell, because I I would be like, yeah, I was therapist, and I'm like, no, stop diminishing that. Like that deep understanding, yeah. Because I think I was like, I was therapist, but now I'm intuitive and I I understand energy. But when you put the three of them together, it's just stunningly fast. So
1: I'm wondering to what degree that's true for everybody in our in our lives, right? Like when we start braiding. The truth, yes, not yes, not the lies yes. about who we think we are, but the truth right. of it with the current reality and the potential future from knowledge or source or whatever. But like when we're able to connect those without like dirty channels in there, mm. what that would do. Just, just how my brain was wondering. Do you have thoughts about that?
2: Speak more though, because I need a little bit okay. more to
1: go from. So. In thinking about, like, if someone didn't have a business, right, mm-hmm. pers- but it's still the same kind of thing. Oh, all the you time. They didn't and have a goal things. or a dream, right? But, and they're working hard. They, they've got their mm-hmm. head down, working hard or whatever. They're doing everything everybody else has told them to do. And there's that niggling thing in them that something's not right. Yeah. And it's not that they're doing anything wrong. Right. They're just not getting
2: their results.
1: Right. So. I just wonder, like when you came and you were saying, I don't diminish myself saying, oh, I used to be that, but Mm -hmm. I'm this, but you're really taking the brilliance of that and marrying it with this, how much more exponential your impact is?
2: 100%.
1: So do you find that with your clients as well?
2: Yeah. So there is the, the literally forgetting the parts of ourselves. Like I'll give you an example. I had a, she was a brand new life coach. And because she was newer in the industry, she was only charging like a pittance. She was just diminishing her value because like, well, i new. And I was saying, let's look at your history. Oh, wait, you were a fundraiser? You were a political fundraiser in Chicago when you ra- raised millions for Obama and Rahm Emanuel? What? <laughs> what, sister? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that shows a lot of credibility. That shows a lot of something, something. That alone, you can literally transfer over and say, Wow. I have the ability to make a lot of stuff happen. Why am I charging $50 an hour with a life coach? So that's one is like, we forget our previous history. Other things, Sarah, it's, it's so stunning what people are blocked with. Like the man that um, he's having some failure in his life. He came to me because I have these goals and I, ah, no matter what I do, I keep failing and failing. Like, and he's smart as hell and he's studying for the things and he's just can't, you know, he's failing, failing, failing. And I just go, what happened when you were seven? He's like, well, my brother killed himself. <gasps> okay. So then I can peel that off and I can you help give context, it. right? Some people I've had, I've had people uh, that are not getting results that they want. And I'll say, because again, my intuition, I'll say, what was your birth story? And I'll say, oh, I wasn't wanted. Hello. Or oh, they wanted a boy. And I'm like, well, then you were wrong from the minute you came out. really hard to sell yourself when who you are is fundamentally flawed, right? But people don't they don't have that understanding. I find the energetic piece of it. And there's and that's just this life. There's also the past life. There's the, you know, if you're if your family were Holocaust survivors or you know had had there's all kinds of things that you passed being down in, it does. It's called epigenetics, right? It literally is. You're carrying very often your grandparents or your family trauma as 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 you bring in the blue eyes and the and the brown hair. You also bring in you know I brought in the famine. I brought in all the stuff for my Irish roots, right? So so you have to understand there's so many things influencing you that, that none of us know. And so we're taught we'll just work harder, just do more. We're ta- taught more like strategy, hustle, yeah, uh, and it doesn't work. <laughs>
1: So. Well, and it leaves you really depleted because you know either that or you start shaming yourself because you're not still not cutting it after all the work. One hundred
2: percent, So That is so well said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how you can help folks. You know, you talk about busting through shame. You talked a little mm-hmm. bit now about clearing blocks, mm-hmm. but um, shame's a tricky little bastard.
2: Oh, I hate shame. Yeah, I'm I'm a kind of a crusader. So shame is. Well, let me just do a little teaching guilt is, guilt is about what you do shame is about who you are so if i show up to your show 10 minutes late i mean like god ah, i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do that or if i accidentally spill coffee on you ah, i feel horrible i did that right guilt is the thing that you can make amends it corrects it's like ah, god i don't want to be that person i am so sorry for that action that i did shame is i walk in the room and go i i'm sorry i'm here right? Shame is a great lie. And, and what happens, and most people don't even understand this, but the way it shows up, and I've been guilty of it. You might have too, right? It's the not enoughness. So therefore you have to prove yourself. Therefore you, like a lot of women are in this, I have to overgive and undercharge. I have to do so much for you in order to be valued and appreciated, right? So, so shame is this really insidious thing that makes us basically, it's like on a hamster wheel of, am I good now? And I hear this all the time. Lots of my my coaches, my coaching clients will be like, I need another certification. Well, I, and I, shh, why? And sometimes it's like, I really want to learn that. Cool. But it's like, well, then I'll be able to sell myself. See, whenever there's a, I can't do it unless until that's shame. So I'm a crusader. I talk about shame all the time. Shame comes from trauma. Shame comes from you know, hello, they wanted a boy and you're a girl. <laughs> well, you're sort of screwed. <laughs> you can't fix that one, right? It, it comes from just being in situations where your magnificence wasn't seen and valued and appreciated. And so it it, it affects everything.
1: Okay, now what do we do about it? Let's start- but When you yourself. identify
2: it, right? Oh. Yeah, oh. So, so I always say when you have awareness, you have choice. And so- um, I'll give an example. I was on a call earlier today and one of the women that I was working with is newer. She, she's been doing the work for 20 years, but she, she's branching into a new audience. So she's kind of newer. Like she did she did offline for 20 years now. She's doing online to entrepreneurs as opposed to her previous market. And she starts by saying, I have tremendous guilt and shame because I'm procrastinating doing my website because I don't know how. And she just literally was like, Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm blah blah, 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 And we're like, dude, how would you know how? You're not, you're, you're, you're this kind of a person. You don't, nobody, you don't know how to do messaging. You're like, why would you think? But instead of saying, hark, this is kind of new. Maybe you'll get some help with that because this is not my lane. And I, there's hark. no way I can write my own website. She was, cause she was an only child and she was raised that nobody's there for her. And nobody can help her, and so she was. So, so what I do with her is okay. Let's number one. What's your story? Something's wrong with me because I don't. Okay, is that true? You're always challenged. Is that true? And then find the little younger part of you. Find the little wounded soul at age five, six, seven, eight, ten, who figured out God. If if I can't figure it out, I'm wrong and bad and stupid and all the things. And you just, as an adult, you just love it. Like you just bring it to you and just go, oh, that's not true. I gotcha. And Teresa will help you with your messaging. You know what I mean? So it's, you don't just let the shameful, shaming thoughts permeate. Like you have to catch them and say, oh, interesting. There's a part of me that's beating myself up. There's a part of me that doesn't feel good enough. And I always say, there's a part of me, not I am bad. It's like, interesting. There's that little part of you again. Just like if my dog started barking, I'd go, shh. I got it. Stop. We're okay, right? And that's what you do, but you have to notice it because most people just think that's the truth, and they just—it's like drinking poison all day slowly. Well, you
1: don't. I think it's insidious. Like I, I love listening to talk people speak, right? What they say, and if I don't know, I won't butt in. But if they're clients, (laughs) I do. You know, and I get permission. Permission, right? Of
2: course, I have
1: my permission. Basically, it's like, hey. I have rules. You don't get to name call yourself, and if you do, exactly. I will call you on it. You yes, to, yes.
2: You don't get Good. to beat
1: up on you because there's a little you that's getting beat up on.
2: Exactly, and
1: exactly. that's a that's a no go. You know, and
2: thing.
1: well, and it's. I said I will have your back. There's no bullying of you
2: mm, in this I'm call. You? That's magnificent.
1: Well, you know what? That was just intuition because I was thinking, man, this is a really strong person. And they're used to being the protector of other people, right? And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. no, you got to let that down right now. I'm, I am I, I got your back that. and you can't beat up on yourself.
2: I love that. But oh. um,
1: Well, it's self-learned, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you've got to stop your own crud, Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's when you start, like you're saying, being aware and going, well, wait a minute, that was kind of diminishing or self-deprecating. Yeah, it's like,
2: well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have a I have a beautiful relationship with my boyfriend and something will happen, right? He won't text me or whatever. The in the beginning, I'd be like, oh my God, he's doing it again. Another man that doesn't want me, you know, I, I would overreact from my trauma. And of course, when you bring it up to somebody, they don't really get it. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just was busy. Right. <laughs> and so, so I do get it. <laughs> yeah. And an indicator is if it's an, if it's an overreaction, yeah. right. If you can't stop the thinking, if you keep going over and over, or if it's like, wow, I'm 60 years old and I feel like 10. Like it, like you, sh- if you have a chronological, if you regress, ding, 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 that's a sign. And so, so had tremendous healing and I have a beautifully happy, healthy relationship. Because I work on myself. When I get yeah. triggered, I'm like, oh, okay, there's that part. And I might say to him, I don't have to do it today because we're really good, but I'll say, you know, there's a part of me that's feeling really, really rejected right now. I know you're not trying to do that. I just got to tell you, like, my wounded little kid's going crazy. Yeah, He would look at me. He's a farm boy from North Dakota. He looks at me like, all right, alien, weirdo. <laughs> weirdo. I hear that often. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. I wear it with pride. Oh girl, one hundred percent. It's like, I know I'm a weirdo, but I'm your weirdo. Yes, exactly. I say the same thing.
1: But there's that part, like the more quickly. Yeah. I'll speak for myself, but the more you practice the awareness, the quicker you see it, right? And that reaction, like where is it in my body? Yes. From and and my big win is when I shut my mouth and say nothing until I process it first. And not out loud because I might be thinking it's this when it's this.
2: Exactly. And my
1: personality exactly. I don't like to have to back up and clean up a mess I didn't even need uh-huh. to make <laughs> until I
2: well, process. It's, it's, here's the thing. It's about are you reacting or responding?
1: Yeah, right. And right. that is the difference.
2: Reactivity is, you know, as opposed to hold on, a response is measured. It's in you're in your grown up state, right? You're you're grown. You have you Here's the difference. You have all your resources yep. versus oh, I'm little and you abandoned me. Right?
1: So I'm laughing because it's so human.
2: We've all done it. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And do it right. You can and be super it. exhausted. Know, and then it's I like, boom. yes,
2: boom. we slip. Boom. Right.
1: Okay. This is what I want to ask you. This is a left turn on you. What is a mama T attitude?
2: Oh my gosh. So, you know, I don't, I don't know eight, 10 years ago, eight years ago, I had a mastermind group and I had, I had somebody in their twenties and I had somebody in their thirties. Now, generally I work with forties and fifties and sixties women. Right. So I had these two young girls and they were like, Oh, you're like mama T and I I'm such a mama. I, i I had my children later in life and I mom the shit out of everything and everybody. Like, if you're with me, I'm like, sir, have you had enough water? you need some more water. I'm like, I'm kind of that like, I just love to mom, not in a naggy, gross way, but, but like fierce mama bear, just fierce mama bear. Like a client of mine just today was doubting himself. And I'm just like, stop it. You're fine. You're strong. You gotta like, like, I won't let you like kind of what you did with your client. Like, I'm not going to let you beat yourself up, settle for less. Like, no, boom, we're going to do it. And i think fight and I champion for you and I'm fierce for you. So that's a mama T moment. Okay. Then I'm a mama, mama S. T. You are mama S baby. That's right.
1: Cause you know what you, when you look at someone, we all do this, but someone can see you when they look at your eyes, you know, and see you, I actually see people shine.
2: Like 100%. Yes. even
1: when they're in their yes. crummiest mood or they're yes. feeling down, it's like, I look, I'm thinking, Oh my God, you're radiating. You're beautiful. Mm.
2: And what a gift that is. Think of the gift, because most of us are like, I feel so stupid being vulnerable. Like the client I just talked about was like, I'm so embarrassed to be this vulnerable in front of you, to which I said, I love you right here. Like you are fine. And so the gift that you give and I give that witness that like, no matter what you say or do, you're still fine. Like we don't get that in most places in our lives, right? So,
1: but that's kind of my mission. I want more people to get it.
2: I'm, I'm with you. Sign me up. We'll do it. We're on the train.
1: We yeah. are on the train. Mama yeah. T
2: train. <laughs> I uh-huh.
1: like it. Let's uh-huh. talk, talk to me about your book after you get a sip there. Okay. Um, I love the title. Yep. So love based. Now when you move your book, I can't read sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, no, no, you no.
2: You read it because now I'm okay. reading it. <laughs> okay. Love based mission, how to create a business that serves your soul. So what do you want to know? I got, lots I want to know about. two questions
1: first. What inspired you to write it and how did you come up with the title? <laughs> then I'm gonna talk about the guts of the book.
2: Okay. So a little bit of a longer story. My friend has a publishing company and she said, I'm creating a love-based series, right? So she had love-based copywriting, love-based goal setting, love-based. Do you want to write a book in my in my series? I said, Okay. I started writing and then my mom died suddenly. So I'm like, ah, crap. Okay, so put it put it away. And then I started writing and then my ex-husband died, my kid's dad died suddenly, put it away, put it away. So finally, like about five years ago, I start writing and I, I needed 22,000 words. And the title then was um, something about uh, business as a spiritual path or something like that. That was the title. So I do my 22,000 words and I'm just, and I'm like, oh, sh- 22,000 words, I get to get th- some grab and blog posts and I'm writing and I'm just 22,000 words. And I turned it in and it sucked. <laughs> I saw the red line on the edits and I'm like, oh God, oh God. And I just, I couldn't handle it. I'm like, I'm out. And, it, and I don't have a fragile ego. Part of it was they should have said, it's kind of normal to get a lot of red lines, but it was so pieceworked. It was so, um, they couldn't even, they, there was there no was no through line. saved it. Yeah, there was no through line. Because <laughs> again, and big lesson, I was focused on the, on the I have to get 22,000. So then my friend Michelle says, look, I'm giving you more chance. You want to write the book? And if you write a book about transformation, it's going to have to transform you. So be prepared. So I go to one of my best friends who was, her name is Elizabeth Phelps. She's a brilliant, brilliant, like coach. And she pulled out the thesis for me. She literally spent, we spent two hours and she she did the editing. I mean, I'm sorry, the outline, the thesis of it. And so the thesis is, Um, well how to create a business serves your soul the thesis is as women it's not specific room, but it's really for women right we're more comfortable playing small so it's like here's here's the paradox right like I know you and I like like whoa we have these beautiful missions from God or whatever we're like whoa and then we're like but who am I to do that and so it talks a lot about codependency. It talks a lot about shame. It talks a lot about what interferes and why women play small and then how to break through that. Because to me, my business is my ministry, right? Like this, This is why I'm here. This is my soul's mission through the vehicle of this business. And so I help this book helps you identify like, wow, am I taking more care of others than I am of me? Am I too afraid to Sell myself and proclaim the greatness that I can be because of old patterning.
1: Well, you got me there.
2: No, oh, that was
1: good because I think about. I'm as you're talking about that. I don't have a question prepared for you because I'm actually thinking about what you just said. You know, I'm in the moment with you. Three. That's good. That's good. That's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think back to many times in my life, like where because of wanting not to be so big, you that you overtake somebody else that I've stepped back and and been number two, right, which is great, because I end up leading from behind.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: But I had a woman say to me, and it was in the most weird context, like it was a retreat, but it was around Aikido and a warrior spirit, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we had to do this. uh, You couldn't talk. So it was this game you had to, and we were given instructions, but you had to choose sides and you had to make decisions and you had to pick who the leader of your team was going to be. And you could not talk when you were doing this. Right. Wow. People had to move around. And yeah. anyway, you, it was it was a, it was powerful. So anyway, I get yeah. picked as the leader and I'm thinking, well, oh, that was a mistake because there's like 30 people on each team but anyway at the end we're debriefing this and this gal I wished I could remember her name because she actually you know this is many many years but it stuck with you right yeah and she goes Sarah she said don't ever be afraid of stepping into your power yeah just step in and um, she goes people will always follow you and that was the most Mm -hmm. profound thing because you had to line up behind the person you wanted to follow. So there's no talking. So it's on our side. I think they gave us color names for the sides or something. But it was between myself and another guy. And I'm thinking, this isn't a one leader thing. So it was, Mm. we just, it's like, we're going to do it together, right? Mm. So I could feel what needed to happen. But he was able to think tactically about Mm -hmm. the consequence Mm -hmm. of the action. And it was so fun. I'm thinking, really I like cool. co-leading, but yes. the trick, the message for me was, don't be afraid to be up front.
2: Right. Cause you've got some conditioning about, yeah, you yeah, can't, you can't outshine, see, and if I was working with you, I'd go, who's, was that? Where'd that come from? You know, like that's the yeah. stuff, but you, you got, and a lot of women have that, Yeah, you know, no, I know where it came from. <laughs> we're probably the same ages. around, you know, we're over, over. Thirty-five or forty-five. I'm in my (laughs) sixties. Me too, darling. And so, and so proud of it. We were raised with June Cleaver. We were raised. We didn't get Oprah until we were, you know, till twenty years ago. So we were raised women deferring. We were raised like, you know, I I actually ten years ago I was on a board, and I got into the, the the executive director started just being a bitch to me it's just and i was i was like oh my god he doesn't like me and what it was is he actually literally said you had earned your right to talk <laughs> you unearned <laughs> it no i hadn't, hadn't earned it oh you I hadn't, hadn't earned it. I had unearned, you unearned it no i hadn't earned my right to talk and i'm like wow, do you have patriarch much? Really? Are you kidding me? And I was so shocked. And I, that was the time when I'm like, oh my God, everybody has to like me. And, and now I've learned like, no leaders, leaders lead and they take the hits and they take the hate. And it doesn't matter if people like you, you just have to lead. Right. That was a big lesson for me though, about, wow, I'm just trying to help. And, but apparently some man didn't think I could do that because I hadn't earned my right. So, oh, my God. You better sit down and uh, exactly. Down it. yeah, just wait. wait. And, and, and but that's in the space, and that wasn't that long ago, right? No, so it's not. no wonder women are struggling with like I have ideas, and they're freaking brilliant better listen to me. and I'm gonna charge them a lot, right? <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> I had a couple of bosses, actually I had three back to back to back before I hit twenty five. That mm-hmm. were all men, super. I mean, like they kept giving me stuff, and I'm thinking, oh. and they said, no, you can do this. <laughs> I'm going, all right. Wow,
2: what a blessing. It was. And the the
1: one guy, he just, this, anyway, this whole agency or shipping area went on strike. Well, I'm management. I don't go on, I'm not management, but I'm on that side. I'm I'm, I'm on the back office side. And he goes, how do you feel about? learning to drive a forklift.
2: Right? <laughs> We're taking
1: things off from three stories up. And oh I'm my maybe God. 25 years old, Teresa. I'm thinking, uh, I don't feel that great about it at all. Because once you get this stuff down, then you have to load it and stuff. I'm oh. going, I don't know. I'm watching this. He goes, oh, it's <laughs> so easy. He goes, come on in. I'll show you how to do it. Okay. So he shows me how to do it. I do this. Well, his boss, his regional manager comes in and he goes, hey, Sarah, when did you start riding the forklift? I says, Phil taught me how to do it. He said that you guys had to do that when this similar thing happened yeah. back in Arizona. Yeah. And he, this guy looks at Phil and he goes, did you tell her that? And I, he goes, I did. And he said, Sarah, I'm sorry, but that's the biggest BS story. He goes, he never had to do no. that. I go, Phil, and he goes, if you didn't believe in me, you wouldn't believe in you.
2: Boom, what a beautiful man and mentor. Oh that's my God, he, he was
1: great. And nothing yeah. threw him. He just like going, nah, we're not buying that, you know. But how nice
2: of an example of leadership! Like he championed for you. That was a Mama T moment, right? He he championed for you. I still get chills
1: when I think about him, you know, and um, just because of what that message left. Yes,
2: yes, that you are capable. And it has influenced people Mm -hmm. that I work
1: with. So, anyway, Trace, where do we get this book? What kinds of? First of all, before that, what kinds of reaction are you getting from the book from people? People loved it. it.
2: Yeah, people. People. <clears throat> People have loved it. In fact, one of my boyfriend's sisters read it. Doesn't have a business, and she's like, "It it gave me more confidence in myself, yeah. right?" So you don't have to have a business. It's it's basically a, a book about how do you show up mm-hmm. the best version of you. You could be in a, you know in a relationship, but it is written for women in business because I think business stretches our us like business like ah. It pushes all the edges. So I'm getting really
1: good feedback from it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to grabbing a copy. I get myself in trouble because now I'm like my Kindle. It's like thick thick (laughs) and (laughs) back. But I really get some great books. Yeah,
2: I bet. I bet. I love being
1: on the podcast. I meet so many great people. Right. So, Therese, um, here we are in our over 50s. You wanted to put yourself out into your 80s. Okay. And I want you to look back at mm-hmm. yourself right now and give yourself some props about where you are in the 80s. Like just say, um, hey, yeah, Charisse, yeah, you yeah. have no idea what's happening. You're- yeah,
2: well, one of the things I'm really proud of right now, actually, sir, is that I'm in very good shape. Like I'm, I'm way healthier than my 20 year old sons. And so my 80 year old self would be like, Did it like longevity is really important and vitality. Vitality is the most important thing. And so, my eighty-year-old self is like, "Girl, look at you! Like you're one of the strongest women in Pilates. Yeah, girl." Um, and that I have this spunky, fun, playful spirit, and that I loved well. I loved very well. So that's what my eighty-year-old would say.
1: Cool. Well, and at eighty, I'm sure she wouldn't put it in past tense because you're still doing it. There we go. Exactly. I thought I had to look back to my yes, yes. You do have to look back, but you're basically celebrating because. 100%. 100%, Celebrating yeah. that you brought yourself to
2: eighty—that's mm-hmm. the plan. Living oh, well, know. baby. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, parting words of wisdom from you as we head out today. What do you want to leave our readers with in this moment?
2: Mm-hmm. I want you to—I want you to hear that if so, if you have a desire to do something, the way has to be there. And I want you to trust what, even if it's just, I want to play the guitar, or I want to take a comedy class, or I want to find love again, or I want to start a bit, whatever it is, you know, the desire, the root of the word is from the father. Like it's, it's, it's from the God. It's like, it's like life wants you to live more fully. And so say yes to that. And you don't have to know the how you just have to say, okay, ah, I'm really scared, but okay, I'll say yes to that one thing. And then the next step and the next step, and the next step, and just take the keep taking the next steps because that's what makes life rich when you're following the guidance that like is pulling you towards what your next steps are
1: okay, no labels, no limits, podcast listeners, <laughs> that is where we're leaving this show boom. as you know yeah, boom is right, Mike drop Mike drop it's well, I've been talking a lot today, yeah, Mic drop anyway, um. Thanks, Therese, for being back on three years after the first one. Let's not let three years go again.
2: Absolutely. This has been delightful. Blessings, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at SaraBox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.